Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Siobhan B Podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan. Um, I'm the founder of the Corporate Concierge Group. Today, we have Rara Nugusi. Um, how are you today, first and foremost? I'm good. Thank you so much for uh, the opportunity to be here. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining me today. Um, so I'm just going to jump right into it and ask. Um, typically, I like for our listeners to really get to know who the founder is behind the brand. So I really want to start with your journey, Raul, from like the very beginning, like prior to becoming a founder, you know, um, where are you originally from and what was your upbringing like? Sure. Great question. Yes. Yeah, so. My name is Rawa Naguse, and my family is originally from Eritrea, which is Northeast Africa. We actually immigrated to the U.S. back in the 80s, so I am first-generation American. Um, and just generally, you know, I've always been fascinated with health, well-being, just holistic wellness across the board. Um, so that's always kind of, and also being first-generation American really has always just kind of shaped my perspective. Um, looking at things from different cultural lenses, understanding people from various backgrounds. Um, so I've always been fascinated with health and internet, looking at things from an international lens. Um, also looking at black folks, us collectively as the diaspora, and that we have so much more in common collectively than we do different. And so all these interests really were kind of, you know, came to a head when I was in, you know, um, undergrad and grad school. <clears throat> And then throughout my travels and things. Um, and then it also kind of brought me to the place to lead me to uh, the work that I'm doing now, which is really, I work at a um, nonprofit focused on health and wellness and well-being for black folks in the Bay, which is kind of my nine to five. But as of last year, I launched Gut of Living, which is really, and I can get into that probably next, but I don't want to jump ahead, <laughs> jump ahead of the question of the questions here. But um, at the end of the day, my my work really and my passion is really around making sure that we as Black folks globally are well. We are um, tapped into our full potential. That we are um, aware of our power. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate all the protests and the movement, uh, community building. Um, but for me, my philosophy is that. At the end of the day, we have to be well, mind, body, and spirit to sustain change and the movement. And that's on an individual level, on a family level, on a community level. So I'll just stop there because I want to make sure I'm mindful of your questions and your process. So can you tell us what was like that defining moment for you where you were saying, where you realized that this is the path that I want to go on um, in terms of being that that voice um, within um, the space of working with those of that um, within the African diaspora and um, and in what capacity should I say? Yeah, so I'm gonna have a couple of different defining moments. Um, if I were to go back to probably um, college, I would say I was always in this, you know, I'm going to be, even before then, actually, I was going to be a doctor. If I planned it according to my specific, you know, how we all have our own plans and then life happens. Um, so I was going to be this 
obstetrician gynecologist, working with women's health, working with supporting women and having their babies. That was kind of this idea of what I thought my life was going to be. I went to college. I ended up studying, uh, majoring in biology, doing pre-med, did some Spanish and sociology in there too. And then I applied. I went to my interview process. It wasn't successful, but then I realized, you know, I said, I don't know if this is really something I'm forcing or something natural that I really want to do. And I come to realize over the years that my path was not necessarily going to medical school and becoming a doctor. My path is really about healing and wellness. And that happens on a public health level, which I end up going to global, I end up going to school to get my global health degree um, because I understand the importance of health on a global, you know, for example, we're in the middle of a global health pandemic right now. So, um, you know, health touches us across the board. And so that plus uh, traveling, had a chance to really do some great work in Malawi and other parts of the world, understanding how, so just seeing firsthand uh, different health challenges on the continent of Africa and other places. Um, and then for me, just kept on coming over and over like the, the intersection, just, I just kept on seeing patterns over my life about what I wanna do has to be international, it has to be supporting black folks and folks of African diaspora primarily, and it has to include health and wellness to some degree. Like that was my formula for myself. Um, and then about a year ago, I started doing a YouTube series uh, called Health is Wealth. And that was actually promoted or prompted by a couple of different things. One, I went to this amazing uh, health workshop seminar. It was like a two-day seminar in Oakland. Um, this is about two years ago, I believe. And Queen Afua, which is an amazing healer, herbalist, holistic wellness educator, uh, who's been her, doing her work for decades. She was in town. So she was actually you know, hosting this workshop. So I went there, was inspired. She had all these amazing messages about, you know, women are the primary healers in our home. We have to have the tools to make sure that our space, our home is the pharmacy. Our, our home is a place of healing and to set it up accordingly. And that first the woman has to be healed before she goes on and supports the healing of the family. So that workshop really pushed me forward into these ideas I've already had for many years. And then around the time my cousin passed away, um, he was dealing with some health challenges. And so that really hit me really hard. And so all these kind of culminating experiences came together and I felt this need to really be a source of information to support our people, right? So as I'm learning about herbs, as I'm learning about detoxing, as I'm learning about the right foods to eat and combinations, uh, mental health, well-being, all these things, I just, as I'm studying and learning, that YouTube channel is really kind of the place I would share that information. Um, and that became the beginning of the path, which then led to a gut of living. And gut of living is really this new um, brand, I would say, that I started, came actually out of my journaling. So I really encourage those who are listening to write down the vision, to make it plain. Whenever life happens, not to you, but for you, know it's part of your purpose. And it's just a matter of really having enough space and quiet time to really listen in, go within, to get guided. And so do my journaling, this whole idea of this brand came, the concept, the intention, all was just part of my journaling time. 
Um, and so garam is actually, it's a word in Tigrinya and it means tree. Uh, Tigrinya is a common language in East Africa, Northeast Africa, particularly Eritrea. And so garam means tree and tree is very significant, particularly in a lot of cultures because tree is a place where you go for convening, a meeting place. It's also shelter away from the sun. Um, and the tree is significant in that it's the of life. It's a place where it absorbs the sun. It takes in the water from the rain. It's a shade and a covering. And it's also symbolic of how we should live as humans in touch with nature, exposed to the sun, taken in water, being grounded as the tree is grounded. So, so the brand is called Gut Up Living to be inspired, you know, to live more plant-based and, 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 and really inspired by nature and how we live. So essentially it's a wellness company. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as we talk about wellness and the importance of healing within the, in the community, um, do you see this um, sense of urgency within our community to focus on healing? Um, or is this something that you feel is an afterthought? That's a great question. I was just listening to a podcast recently and one thing the, the guests were saying on there is that a lot of times us uh, as black folks, we are in survival mode. Um, we are in survival and struggle mode, unfortunately, because of the history of abuse, oppression, discrimination, marginalization, state sanctioned violence. I mean, all of it, right? So, so much opposition coming against the Black family, the Black individual. And so because of the challenges, um, the, the potential of what could be the growth and development is stunted. And unfortunately, the development of who we could be fully is, is really, um, it's, it's not allowed to fully develop. And so when you are in survival mode, or in struggle mode, which a lot of us are, especially now what's going on with the pandemic and how it was just disrupting households, is that this idea of healing and taking time for self and investing in the well-being, it becomes kind of this afterthought because we're just trying to make it, you know? We're just trying to make it. And that's just real. And, and I believe that and the reason I got into this space is that um, we can't afford to like put our healing on the back burner. Like it's just not, it's not what it is. And there's already a lot of health challenges that are facing our community at large. Um, and one thing I've noticed is that um, there's also kind of this emotional mental piece to healing. I definitely don't want us to miss on, in this conversation is that you know health, healing and wellness is not just what you eat, how much you weigh, your diet, if you go to the doctor or not. It's also um, how you feel about yourself. It's also about trauma and how you're able to cope various traumatic experiences, um, how well in tune you are with your emotions, how well you, you can regulate it or not, um, how much anxiety and depression is taken over or not. Like there's so much interconnection with the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual and the physical. Um, and I believe that 
And I believe that once we kind of give ourselves, uh, allow ourselves and give ourselves permission to say that I am worthy enough of taking my herbal teas or I am worthy of giving myself 10 minutes every morning just to sit still and meditate or, or take a walk or I am worthy of drinking more water today than I did yesterday, right? It can be very baby steps, simple things that we could do that can have a long time impact. But I think it really has to be the mental, the emotional, like I said, the physical, spiritual, all have to be connected to one another. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes we live in a society where everything's about Medicaid, get more pharmaceutical drugs, quick fix, quick, easy, that we don't sometimes sit around to connect that. Well, maybe my anxiety is because I'm an overthinker and I'm always thinking about the future. Well, maybe my depression is coming because I have some challenges in the past that I just can't get off of me and I can't release it. And it has a stronghold over me. And so because of that, I'm constantly in depression mode. And when things happen, it keeps on getting triggered. You know, and so sometimes we either don't know the source or we mm-hmm. just do the best we can, or we go to medication route, which doesn't really um, address the root cause, but just maybe treats the symptom temporarily. Um, so this healing process, I mean, it's a work. It's a work and it's a journey. And I think we all deserve uh, to be able to allow ourselves to go through the path of really getting to the source of our challenges to be able to be well. Would you agree that the, you know, the health, especially the wellness space, um, number one, I'm going to ask you this. um, Do you think that, you know, Black people are not necessarily represented properly within this space, especially as you talk about our experiences, our life experiences, and how um, there's this intersection between how we live and health? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I watched this I believe it's on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken, there's a documentary where it's a black woman um, folk, and she talks about veganism. Um, and I love watching documentaries. I love reading books, just being well informed, particularly in this space. And I very rarely find us at the forefront, right? Sometimes we're in the documentary as like a feature or a side interview, but a lot of times we're not kind of, the, the messaging is not specifically for us directly. Now there are some efforts where there's like black vegan movements, um, different groups on Instagram, et cetera, who are doing right to really bring information to us. But um, yeah, I think someone described this really well years ago, talked about capitalism and you can't separate capitalism from our food system. Um, And you can't separate our food system our medical system, our pharma, the pharmaceuticals, all that you can't separate it from the profit making entity that is capitalism. And so when we talk about black folks and our plights, right? Whether it's police brutality, the need for criminal justice reform, poor housing, um, poor education, you know, the, the list goes on. All that is rooted in this idea of capitalism and is also rooted in this idea that the needs of black folks are not prioritized. And so when you put all that together, capitalism, anti-blackness, these efforts to really diminish the light of black folks, it doesn't stop in one industry and just pick back up another industry. 
So if you got police brutality, police murder, state sanctioned violence going on within police criminal justice, then you're going to have the same ideas and tactics happening within the food industry, happening within the space around entities that are gung-ho to make sure we don't get the information we need because of the politics around, I can't get black people what they need information-wise because then they're gonna be awake. And when they're awake, that may affect my profits, right? And one thing Angela Davis said, which I thought was really powerful, and that's she actually decided some time ago to become vegan because she realized if I'm focusing on the wellness of people, humans, particularly black folks, then I can't separate that from the wellness of the environment. And I can't separate that from the wellness of, of animal species. Like all these various entities are being targeted because profits are the priority. Mm -hmm. How can I say I'm about black lives and black people, yet the foods that I'm eating are not sustaining our lives and is coming at a risk and a cost to our environment, you know, to the whole ecosystem. So some people, for example, choose plant-based or vegan because of health reasons. Some people choose it because of environmental reasons. Some people choose it because of the, you know, animal rights, anti-cruelty, things like that. Some do a combination. You know, for me, I think I'm, I'm a combination, but I started primarily doing plant-based for just being healthy and well, and then also understanding the politics of our food industry, um, or some may say the politics, right? And so I'm like, wait a minute, if you tell me there's a history in which Black folks have been targeted, marginalized, have been specifically sought after for destruction, then that, ha that is equally apl applicable across the board, no matter what industry mm -hmm. you're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, so if we want to get free, we really got to break the shackles that's in our mind, right? And, and the big thing I notice of people who are well-meaning, particularly us, is that we have some major food addictions. Um, and there's a lot of, um, and part of it is our coping strategy, right? Some may choose the bottles, I may choose alcohols, I may choose food, but a lot of it has to do with how we cope in our day-to-day -day struggles just to survive. Um, and the unfortunate part of it is at the end of the day, um, we're all getting bamboozled. Like I was watching All Eyes on Me the other day, you know, the Tupac documentary that came out. And um, as I'm watching it, there's a part where Tupac's in, uh, there's a scene where he's sitting there with his mom. She came to visit him when he was in jail. And he said to her, he goes, I know, mom, I, uh, I fell for it. Like I fell for the tricks that they set up for me. The tools that they set up for my destruction, I fell for it, even though I knew because, you know, his mother, Black Panther, him raising that environment. So this idea that we, we may be very socially conscious around social justice issues and be very aware of the historical traps, but at the same time, we go down the street and go to McDonald's or go down the street and go to Burger King or whatever, knowing that those foods are causing us harm and that's another form of attack. So I'm gonna stop there because <laughs> I can get on my soapbox. So, I mean, you touched on a lot and from what I understand is Gouda, the brand is revolutionizing um, black wellness. Absolutely. I appreciate that framing um, and the intention. And I, 
and I'll share the information about the site and it, the, the intentionality around the website and everything. But um, whenever I, the concept came to me, it was very much about, it needs to be a space where black people know this is for them. Yeah. Like black people are not the afterthought. You know, it's not like the, okay, here's that one token photo. No, this is specifically for people of African descent. This is specifically for folks who have been out of this conversation, this larger conversation on wellness. Because a lot of the mainstream conversation on wellness do not really pick up on social justice issues. It doesn't really pick up on the history of abuse. It doesn't pick up on uh, the human demoralization of black people globally. A lot of those conversations are not happening within the wellness space because a lot of the folks are not black. You know, the folks that are black maybe not just in interconnecting with that. But at the end of the day, it's, it's so many forces. And I wish I could say there's like this one answer as to how everybody can get healthy, but there's so much opposition on a systemic level. Um, but at the same time, I think we have the power on an individual level to choose how we, how we shop, where we shop, where we don't shop, um, how we prepare our food, how we don't, what we eat, what we, what we eat, what we don't eat, like all those particulars, right? I think that's one part of it. Um, but the beauty of black folks and melanated people is that we are so powerful. We are so mighty. We have such a strong and amazing history of leadership and powerful civilizations. And for the opposition to be so gung-ho on our demise is an indication of our strength, of our majesty and our beauty of what happens if we rise up and if each person really fulfills the full potential of their very divine essence, then it's like, there is no competition, you know? But when you have environmental pollutants, when you have food that are meant to harm you and not to heal you, and then when you have stress and trauma, all these compounding factors, then we don't have a chance even to like run out the gate and race the race because it's just like we're so burdened down. Mm -hmm. um, and I and I, my hope and my vision and my desire is that the work around Get Up Living can open up opportunities for partnerships to be able to work with folks on a larger level around these these really. I guess courageous conversations are these conversations that people aren't having. Because um, sometimes these wellness conversations are about you should eat healthy. And yeah. How many how many servings of fruits and vegetables did you have today? And and all these things, but it's not keeping in mind the social ecological factors that make it much more difficult for some people over others because they're not aware of the landscape. Right? It's easy if I have a Whole Foods and then a Sprouts and then a yoga spot and all these around the corner. But if I live in an area where there's a food desert, where there's liquor stores everywhere I go, if, if the old environment in which I live just looks like death and destruction mm -hmm. and divestment, mm -hmm. then spiritually, energetically, I don't even feel like anything around here says life mm -hmm. and living. Mm -hmm. But then I'm supposed to somehow come up with a mental capacity to think those thoughts, even though my environment, everything around my environment says death and destruction, right? So not having, like having those conversations are really important. Um, and, but I'm really excited about folks who are doing stuff on a national level, whether it's like urban gardens, you know, the work that I do my nine to five, we do a lot 
to support folks and getting like uh, gift cards to get food and groceries and, and knowing how to shop for healthy foods. So yeah, so there, there's so many components to all of this. You know, uh, one thing that I, I really want to touch on is like the process of building a wellness company that's very intentional about creating impact. And um, which, you know, essentially would consider you to be like a, a social entrepreneur almost, um, at least that's what the, the technical term is. Um, you know, a question that I do have is, how does one go about building intentionally without getting sidetracked with, um, outside influences mm -hmm. like how do you you know keep that vision stay on track without going left or right outside of that yeah um the first thing i would say is conviction clarity on the vision um also being very clear and understanding your why those are really key um i, I came across some thing on my feed the other day and it said that pretty much distraction um, is an opportunity for those who don't have direction. And it was such a powerful statement because this idea sometimes we're so distracted and an opportunity can knock on the door, but we can't quite tease out whether it's the opportunity for us or it's just an opportunity for the time being. And we can get sidetracked. Um, for me, I am um, I'm grateful to be a writer. I love to journal. Um, I'm very passionate about ideas and thoughts. I'm also a woman of faith, a praying person. So I, my MO has been over the years is to seek God for counsel and guidance and really to allow myself time to have that quiet to the quiet space, just to be still, to know that, is this my path? What's my next step? Really seeking divine guidance because I try, I'm a human, I mean, I'm not perfect, but I try to um, let my ego get out the way. So it's not, what do I want? It's more that, what am I called to do? What is my assignment? What is it that God is allowing me to experience to be able to then support and serve in the process, right? And so I feel that sometimes we look to social media, we look to other uh, peer innovators or social change makers or brands, and we look to them to guide us and, oh, what should my next post be? How should I do my next um whatever flyer that I'm working on or my next social media project. We look sometimes to our peer group. And sometimes, in some cases, it may not be a terrible idea, but we sometimes look to each other for how I should do it. Um, and unfortunately, what happens then, we become each other's copycats. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, you can go on Instagram, for example, and you see like all these brands that are giving these ads and promotions. They're like, this 10th, ad I just saw reminds me all ad one through nine. They all saying the same thing. Um, and so call me old fashioned or whatever, but I feel that 
my really my interest really particularly this time is to really go within for guidance and let that lead me. Um, and also a, a friend of mine, she sent me a message the other day and she was like, oh yeah, we we're gonna work on, remember we said we're gonna get together and we're gonna put, we're gonna put a book together. We're gonna write a book together, remember that? I said, yeah, that'd be great. She goes, so, <laughs> and then she says, so um, how about we check in in January and see how much progress we made? I said, you know, I just, I'm not, I'm not interested in timelines like that. I say, you know, let's just let it flow organically. Let's just let it flow. And yeah, so I, I would say that there are some really good, like best practices out there, folks who are sharing their experiences. But at the end of the day, each brand that's unique is unique because of the unique perspective of the founder yeah. and the perspective of the experiences that the founder has had that others haven't, which create, which infuses another element to the brand. So it really stands out. You know, we, we are, I think our brand should be just as individual as we are, mm -hmm. as we are, as our thumbprints, right? No one has the same thumbprints or fingerprints. So um, all that to say is life is a lesson. And in that we learn, you know, what our path is. As long as we are quiet long enough, to listen yeah so I like what you have to say because in terms of you know I think that you know because my company's model is like you know the new way to build I mean at the end of the day it's like you know finding new ways to build um again going back piggybacking off what you just said is like we can see these corporations as being inspiration but at the end of the day it's like we should be building according to our vision at the end of the day and, and really um, honing in on that um, because I, again there's multiple ways to build but there's also different ways to also impact especially if you are an organization that is focused on impact you impact in a way that um, that your vision aligns with um, with just that mm -hmm. and um, you know as as we talk about building and we focus on like uh, I kind of want to talk about like lessons and advice. Um, you know, how do you keep your momentum going mm -hmm. um, with what we're dealing with as a black woman, you know, mm -hmm. as um, a black woman um, living on American soil, um, pushing through to, you know, create this change within the community? Mm -hmm. um, how you keep going? That's a great question. Um, I, I will say that self-care, soul care is, it's no longer um, a nice to do, it's an absolute essential. Um, for a long time, you know, if I'm honest, I would think that like self-care was like not what I do. That's what those white women over there do, right? Like it was, it was very much, I had to get my mental thoughts and framing to the point where I said, I do deserve to take a day off. I do deserve to take a nap. You know, I mean, I, as well as a lot of my sisters, we have the superwoman complex, yeah. you know, like we try to do this and do that, save the day, clean, cook, fix, build, repair, um, and leaving leftovers for ourselves. And I, you know, I know this firsthand, I'm a mother, I'm a five-year-old daughter, I'm a wife. So, 
I literally had to go through the process of undoing the pattern of thoughts that led me here, right? I am grateful for my mom's example of what it means to be a mother and wife. Her and my father, father just recently said, celebrated 50 years of marriage, which is a blessing. I'm honored to have them as my covering and showing me that example growing up. Um, but I also know there's certain things that I can't aspire to be like my mom was in her mothering because we're two different times, uh, two different people, two different you know, environments and places. And so I had to allow myself, give myself permission to say, you know what? It's okay to put yourself first. It's okay to shower love and time and attention to yourself first. It's not selfish to do that. It's not selfish to ask what you need, what you want. So that's a process I had to unlearn mm -hmm. because for a long time, I associated being strong and a strong black woman with just taking it. Yeah. And who you don't got no time for no rest and no breaks and stop complaining. And I realized I was not allowing myself to be fully human, you know? Um, and so you know, this is like, the, this is not like a, like, I'm perfect. I'm all the way there. It's a daily journey, right? I have to constantly remind myself of, okay, what I do for myself? Did I infuse joy today? And so I would say all that to say is, um, I also, particularly right now with all that's going on, make it, make it a point to minimize my social media, um, my news coverage, any kind of external stimuli of negativity, and just overwhelm. I'm like, nope, this is the season of protecting your peace. Yeah. I mean, I recommend anybody who's dealing with drama and craziness, whether it's people in your home space, whether it's the music or the media you're taking in is to give yourself a break from that. I try to do a social media fast at least every quarter um, just to give myself that break. Um, but yeah, I would say we just got to listen. At the end of the day, I think, I'm not trying to lecture, but at the end of the day, I think we know the answers. We just got to stop and slow down long enough to listen to them yeah. and take them in. You know, as someone who's doing like this very intentional work, um, do you have any business advice that you want to share with those that are aspiring to essentially walk in your shoes? Um, That's a great question. I would say don't allow your business pursuits or business ambition to overtake your personal growth and well-being. So as you're looking to develop your business plan, your business idea, your business strategies, you're you know, focusing who your target audience is, all the particulars, don't forget to invest in your personal well-being at the same time. Because sometimes we sacrifice our personal because we want the business to thrive. And then we're out of balance, mm -hmm. right? Or we opposite, or we're focusing on the personal that we're not giving the energy to the business that it needs. So I, I would say bottom line is invest in your personal well-being, growth and development at the same time along the path as you're developing your business. Um, I think you touched on this um, slightly just a little bit earlier, which was partnerships. Um, 
And I do believe in the power of manifestation, like where you speak something into existence. Um, I, I think it just holds more power. Um, as you do this work, um, what companies and or individuals or entities do you see the Good Up brand working with? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. You know, I um, when I think about this work and the potential that it has for growth and the larger vision, I really think about it more globally, right? Especially in this time of the internet and everything's being interconnected all around the world. I think about folks on a global level who are already doing the work, but really meaningful, right? Not this, I, I, um, and this is no shade on anyone, but I'm not interested in kind of this, um, let's, let's see how we can support the next black vegan product that in some cases is actually more harmful than good um, because, you know, the processing factors and whatnot. So for me, it's about the holistic well-being of it. I love when I see things on social media where Black vegan groups are posting about, you know, mental wealth, mental well-being and how that's connected to what we eat. Um, the interconnected part, right? It's not just kind of the one-dimensional or the multi-dimensional. Um, I love the work. This is the tab of the brown is doing with say auntie tab. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good stuff. I appreciate her vision. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to maybe at some point do some work with her, but I, I appreciate her path, her journey. Um, but yeah, it's really about wanting my, my desire is to be in partnership and aligning with those whose vision aligns with my vision for this brand and that see it as this is not just a business. This is just not an entity that is looking to form itself to be in front of the public space, but it's really about, it's a healing ministry. You know, this is an opportunity to be of service in a way where there are gaps. There are currently gaps in the market or the current messaging is just not directed at us, you know? So yeah, I'll, I'll just say that. I'll leave it at that. And as we talk about doing the work and, and building this incredible brand, um, you know, what areas could you use additional support in your in your company at this moment? Mm -hmm. Great. Um, you know, I just recently found a black owned um, web design company who does graphics and we worked on they worked on the website for me, which I'm grateful for, which is um, I'll share that in a minute. But um you know, I, I'm always interested in working with, you know, growing organizations, a lot of black businesses that have a lot of potential and amazing talent, but maybe not much opportunity. Like that's, those are the groups I want to work with in building, you know, whether it's my social media space, the website, whatever avenues. Um, and as far as support, I would say the best way I could get support, I would say for the larger community is for folks to actually join me. Like for me, this is a journey. This is a process that we all can grow in together. Um, I look at Gutup as what I call like the Gutup living family, right? This is like a family a movement. We can all be together sharing resources, information. I'm no expert by any means across all aspects of wellness, but there's some things I'm very familiar and comfortable with that I share. Mm -hmm. um, and those who are other areas that have expertise, I would love to bring in those folks to share information as well, because Get Up Living is not just kind of this wellness social space, but it's also 
an opportunity to exchange real life information and wellness that works. Also, eventually we want to have some health products that are helping folks on their health journeys. Um, and also spotlighting different work that's happening in the wellness space that's really centering Black folks. Um, so yeah. And Robo, do you have any exciting news or upcoming projects that you want to share? Yeah, that's great. You know, I appreciate uh, you, Shay, for the opportunity. You actually inspired me from previous conversations we had in the past around this work. So I really appreciate that. And you actually put some fire <laughs> under my feet <laughs> to get this website going. Uh, because, you know, one thing, and it's another advice I would give to folks is don't go, don't wait for all the lights to be green before you go. And as my husband says all the time, don't wait for all the lights to be green before you go. So in that case, for a while, I wasn't sure about the timing of our interview because I wanted to have certain things in place, um, but everything worked out. I'm grateful to say the website is up already. Um, we already have our social media and all that. And um, what I appreciate you, uh, Shay, is that encouraging, you know, there are some things you saw in the vision when I was sharing it with you and I appreciate that. Um, that really helped kind of encourage me along the way. And then one thing I would say to folks, I don't know if this answers the question or not, but is you never know who's watching. You never know who's listening. You don't know who's from afar taking notes as you, as folks are watching you on your journey. And that just because you don't get the buzz and the newspaper feature and the interview of a lifetime or the TED talk or whatever the case may be that just keep doing it because you know that this is bigger than you. And as you keep doing it day by day, eventually all come together. Um, so as far as the project's concerned, I just recently launched the website, which I'm excited about. The YouTube videos have been on for a year now. So all that's already there. Um, I'm in the process of working on a book. The idea of the next step is actually put together a book around the lessons of healing wellness overall and faith and the journey of faith um, and just understanding the importance of what it means when we're well on all aspects and um, yeah the plan is eventually to, to share the message far and wide globally um, I love to do some public speaking on it and just you know just sharing and eventually we want to incorporate more health products so folks can purchase on the site to make it easier to include in their toolkit as they're working on their health. Awesome. And where can people find you to learn about your company? Yeah, sure. So GutUp is G-E-R-E-B. So it's gutupliving.com is the website and it has all that you want to know about where to find the social media. So we have a Facebook presence, which is health as well. GutUp Living Instagram and Health and Wealth also is a YouTube series. That's been on for a year now. So that's where you can find getupliving.com. You find all our social media and learn more about the vision and, 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 the, and the organization and, and why, how all this got started. Awesome. I thank you so much, Robert, for taking the time out to share your journey, but more importantly, to share this amazing company that I feel like is going to revolutionize the wellness space. Like it's very much needed. Mm -hmm. um, so I, first of all, I want to say a huge congratulations to you for launching the brand, but then more importantly, I'm, I'm very excited 
to like to see the impact and I know it's going to happen thank you thank you I I really appreciate it I mean it's definitely a labor of love it's um something's been on you know my heart for a while so I'm excited to say that the site is up and ready um for those who want to know more about and stay connected go on the website getupliving.com put in your um your email address that will keep you posted on new developments that come up and yeah, join us. I mean, if you're about wellness, uh, being vibrant, vital, healthy, overall, wanting to connect with family, friends, and loved ones, um, and to really be and live your full potential, then join us on this journey. There's a lot of information, resource sharing, uh, product information, all that, that is specific to us as Black folks, because we have a unique experience. So Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity, Shay. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to like hit this stop record, but.